0: You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people. This is podcast number 271. Um, and we're going to call it figuring out laundry day and more. <laughs> so we're talking about expectations for kids at different ages and just managing with, with kids around. Um, also talking about putting stuff in a different spot. And like trying to make the new spot the thing, so we kind of anyway we go over several different things. But I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Um, I do want to remind you if you'd like to be a patron of the show, to go to Patreon.com/slash a slob comes clean, and you can find out how to be one there. Um, also, as you guys are doing your Christmas shopping, if you just happen to want to start at amazoncom shop slash a slob comes clean. I'll have that in the show notes as well. It's my store. So I have different recommendations on there, but even if you don't buy anything, that's a recommendation of mine. If you just get to Amazon using that link that helps to support this show. And I greatly appreciate it. So anyway, um, also just a reminder, I'll talk at the end as well. I am still running my sale on my digital products and they are 50% off with the code plumbing. And then also, um, I'll talk about some other stuff at the end. All right, here we go. Let's talk. Hi, Corinne. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks for coming on for a strategy session. I'm very um,
1: excited
0: Thanks for letting us use your name. It's always interesting to me, you know, when people actually let me use their name, because I would not have back when. <laughs> when I was first in this process, personally, I would have been like, oh, no, don't, don't tell anybody who I am. So I'm always impressed with that. But tell me a little bit about your unique life situation.
1: Okay. Well, Let's see. I have three kids. I have a daughter who's seven. I have a son who's four. And I have another son who is between two and a half and three. I'll be three in a couple months. And um, so it's a very lively, active, boisterous household. Oh, oh, and we're homeschoolers. Okay. So my kids are with me all the time, 24-7. And so, um, you know, messes get made. Mm -hmm. The activity level is high. I am sort of the only one with a full set of adult skills and cleaning up after the messes. So that right. uh, is something that I struggle with. And um, lit- I got married when, um, a little bit later in life. So I had a long period of time when I was you know, in school and then in graduate school and then working at a professional job and living alone in an apartment by myself where nobody really cared if I was messy or not. And I had always been messy and it kind of you know, stayed that way for a very long time. And then when I first got married and it was just me and my husband, that wasn't sort of a situation that caused me to get to the point where I said, I really have to dig down and figure out how to live differently. And then when we decided to become homeschoolers, uh, when my daughter was in her last year of preschool, that was the point at which I said, I can't do what I want to do with my life anymore and have my home not be in the kind of order that I would like. Right. So that sort of uh, started our journey of me figuring out, you know, in the middle of a normal lifespan, <laughs> yeah. how to live differently. So, yeah. and, uh, you know, that was, yeah, well, she was four and a half, I guess, then, and now she's seven. So, Okay. And, and and so what is
0: your, um, like, did you find A Slob Comes Clean through the
1: blog, the books, the podcast? I actually found it because... During that last year of preschool, when I knew that we were going to homeschool, but we hadn't started yet, Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about how I had to do something about, you know, this struggle. And I reached out to a very large group of very uh, smart homeschoolers that I was aware of on Facebook. And I asked for some recommendations for resources and your, how to manage your home without losing your mind was the top recommendation from a lot of people. So I bought the book and then... I can tell you because when I asked myself how long I've been working on this, I looked at my Amazon history. I remembered I lost the book and then I bought <laughs> the book again, okay, <laughs> and then I finished the book. Um, it is amazing to me
0: how many times I hear exactly that scenario. <laughs> how many people tell me, or they'll say, I went to go buy your book. I was so excited to find that it existed, only to realize that Amazon says I bought it two years ago or <laughs> <laughs> um and I, I think there's there's probably something to dig into there that we won't. But yeah, I think it I love it. That makes me happy. Okay. So let's talk about what's working for you. Like what strategy has made the number one biggest impact for you?
1: Yeah. Um I would say the first thing that comes into my mind and comes into my mind often now is take it there right now. Yeah. You know? So um, and it's it's interesting because I I realized the other day that I now automatically take it there right now. In a, not always, but That's great. a lot more than I used to. You know, I, I, I realized that I was just doing it and that I'm starting to have that feeling that I used to be jealous of in other people where it's uncomfortable for me to see it sitting there and not having been taken there right now. That's huge. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. yeah I, well, it's consistent practice, you know, like if you like, because I was really motivated to change and I would just, It was at the forefront on the short list of the things I was working on. And so it was just, you know, day after day after day. Take it there right now. Take it there right now. And it's hard when you don't and you haven't and you never did.
0: Have you you thought through the impact of that becoming pretty natural? Like what's the like, how is your home different because of that one strategy? Because the reality is in my old brain, I would have thought, what's the difference between taking it there now or taking it there later? Like, so what is the difference and how has
1: it impacted your home? The difference is that you don't have this constant psychic load of being surrounded by things that you need to remember to do later. Oh yes, And that you feel guilty about not having already done. And you have this nagging feeling that it's way too much and it's actually completely overwhelming. And if you stop to think about it, you're going to like be really upset, you know, and you start to live with that and it just becomes a, this background noise in your life. You, so know? you don't and, even
0: necessarily acknowledge what no.
1: it is that stressing you completely until right. it's gone. And yeah. then when it's gone, it's like, wow, how did I live with that? Like, that was really, really bothering me. And it was all the time, you know? Yeah. I kind of liken it to like, I used to have this above ground hot tub, right? And we loved it when we had like no kids. And then as my kid got, kids got toddler aged, you know, it was still there. And then it got damaged in a hurricane. So we removed it. And when it was gone, I all of a sudden realized that I was constantly worrying about my kids drowning in the hot tub. But because it was there all the time, every day in my house, and it was just there, I didn't know it was impacting me so much until it was gone. You know? So, and it's a mess.
0: Yeah, it's such a weird thing, too, where it's like, if I will do that now, I will never have to worry about it in the future. Yeah. But you didn't realize you were worrying about it. And so, yeah. so that's the motivation is to go, this is eliminating future work. No, I like it. That's great. I love hearing that. Um, so tell me your second biggest strategy that's had the biggest impact.
1: Uh
0: can me tell you what was on your
1: form? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> it was on my list today? Okay. No, um,
0: you had your house is not a project.
1: That yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a real journey to realizing that you even think of it that way. Like You know, you talk about in the first book, you talk about like, oh, I just cleaned that up. I don't need to do that again for a while. It's the journey of learning about what it is to live with a consistent routine. Because if you've never lived with a consistent routine, you've only ever project cleaned. That's what what your understanding of the experience of, of tidying up is, you know? But once I found the motivation to push myself to do things consistently, which felt very overwhelming and not fun, you know, I was motivated enough because I really wanted to change to do it consistently enough to start to understand the cumulative effect of doing things consistently. That is when I, I started to gain the insight into the distinction between treating things as a project versus not.
0: It's- well, and what you just said that I think is really key there is that. You gained the true understanding, even though you read it in the book, you gained the true understanding after giving it a try. So it's like the desperation to change made you willing to give it a try. And then your understanding really happened. That's right. Let's talk about today's sponsor, ButcherBox. Not everyone has convenient access to high quality meat at their local grocery store. It can be hard to find 100% grass fed and finished beef. Free range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, or wild caught salmon. Luckily, today's sponsor, ButcherBox, believes everyone deserves high quality, humanely sourced meat. ButcherBox could not be easier. You just sign up, select your box, and they ship it right to your door every month. And when you sign up now, you get their steak sampler with six grass fed, grass finished steaks. We love ButcherBox steaks, you guys. My husband has perfected grilling steak. Seriously, he is so good at it. I should probably do something where I have him teach that, right? Anyway, anyway, it is one of our favorite family meals and the best steak night is free steak night. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high quality meat right to my home. No added antibiotics or hormones ever. Each box has nine to 11 pounds of meat enough for 24 individual meals, packed fresh, shipped frozen, vacuum sealed, so it stays that way. I can customize my box or I can just go with one of theirs. Either way, I can get exactly what I want. For a limited time, new members get six free grass-fed, grass-finished steaks when they go to butcherbox.com slash slob. That's two New York strips and four top sirloins added to your first box for free. Act quickly. This offer is only good through Cyber Monday. That's six grass-fed, grass-finished steaks for free in your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash slob. That's butcherbox.com slash slob. So what's the first situation that you'd like to discuss?
1: Well, one thing that I've been wondering and struggling about is how to think about age appropriate expectations for cleaning. And, you know, I looked at your ebook last night, How Teaching Kids to Clean. Mm-hmm. And I also listened to some of your podcast material on that subject. And I really uh, related to your perspective that it's a teaching task. It's not a cleaning task at first. It's a teaching task. and that's something I've given a lot of thought to over the last couple of years since I Mm -hmm. sort of shifted into this teaching role as a homeschool mom and started thinking about a lot of things differently, and that's one of them. And so that's real, and that's the way it is at first, especially with kids as young as mine. You know, my daughter is at the point where she can start to do some things independently, and she's at that wonderful age where she's able to do it well and also really wants to do it. Mm -hmm. And the other two are still very much preschool and toddler age. So how do I think about that in the context of the fact and this is just talking about like, like week, big cleaning tasks. I'm, I'm at the point where I actually need help. Mm-hmm. Like I am not at the point where I'm doing well enough with doing it alone that I can slow down and incorporate a, a teaching experience. Mm-hmm. So my, I guess my question is, how do I transition over like where I feel like there's like a hurdle there where I actually need help because I can't do more than I'm doing where I'm just trying to do it what is currently the fast way, which is doing it myself and teach them enough that I actually, it it actually gets better in terms of my need for assistance.
0: Yeah. um, It's tough. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like it's not hard because of the ages of your kids. The seven-year-old can work alongside you. I mean, really, that's the sweet spot right there is if we're just talking about a seven-year-old. So let's just talk about that for right now acknowledging that we're going to have to also talk about the fact that there's two toddlers. But if if we're just talking about a seven-year-old, you know, having her work with you is ideal because you can, you know, look at your list or even if it's mental and you know, you know, these are the basics that need to be done. You work on this while I work on this. We're right next to each other so that I can, you know, instruct and say, Hey, did you realize that you missed this entire section over here or whatever it is, you know? Um, And also check in with safety and all that kind of stuff to where the more times that you do that, you give her a little bit more to do, you give her a little bit more to do, and then it becomes a, you know, a personal task, which you have the teaching kids to clean ebook. So you have the, you know, the lists that as she gets to the point where she can actually read yeah, that will make that a lot easier. You know, one of the things I love
1: the pictures with the arrows and the numbers,
0: yes. And that, that one, <laughs> she, she's probably capable of doing that right now. One thing yeah. that I did was I laminated that
1: yeah. and
0: you know, used a dry erase marker so that she so that my kids could cross things off, you know. And then eventually they got to the point where they said, I don't need the list, and they would do it. And then I would say, Turns out you did need the list, you know. Um, And I think that's the thing is you understand the teaching process, but a big part of the teaching process is letting them try and then evaluating, you know, so, so giving them that, um, how many bathrooms do you have in your home? Four and a half. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of bathrooms.
1: Yeah. Okay. So are any of them? You know what? The bright side is sometimes we fill them up with junk and then there's less bathrooms. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I've told this story about my game room that when we first moved here, yeah. it was completely full of stuff and we couldn't even get to that bathroom. So I do understand what you're saying. Did you uh, imagine that there was a half bath that you forgot about? That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. I had a half bath or I do have a half bath, which is honestly probably my favorite thing about this house. Like when you have five adult adult-sized people and- yeah teenage boys, you know, it's like having three bathrooms is what we need, but, um, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around the fact that we didn't use that bathroom for a long time. So anyway, but it's that, you know, giving them the, um, you know, working toward independence, even if it's that she is amazing at mirror cleaning, you know, if that becomes her thing that she is really good at, or she is really good at, you know, swiffering or she's really good at, uh, I mean, I know when I was young, uh, my job was to clean the sink, you know, so I did the yeah. Comet on the sink. I don't know that I ever had my kids use Comet, but you know, I'm fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. 1970s. I did that. It was no big deal. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm just saying like, if she has like a certain thing, then she could do that in all four bathrooms, you know, because yeah. that might be something that the long list of all these different things to do can be more overwhelming for a kid. But as she gets those skills, um, the other thing to consider, you know, is you do have the two younger ones. So yeah, that's
1: a real challenge.
0: It is. And and, and it might, honestly, I I don't know. It feels like you said some things about, you know, kids being there with you is sometimes a big part of the challenge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it could be an issue of she gets to babysit, you know, I mean, like, which I don't know how you guys, you know, do that. But, you know, okay, you're in charge. You're babysitting for this amount of okay. time, which for a seven-year-old is a big deal. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah, I can do that. I have to be mindful of the amount of time because if they get a little rowdy, then yeah. I, I may sometimes find that I've given her maybe more responsibility than is fair to her. You right. Know?
0: Right. So, well, and it
1: might short periods of time. That's prob that, that, that makes sense. That's a right. good suggestion. You know? Well,
0: and I think too, that what you just said of the short periods of time, you know, it is a reality of your life right now that you don't have six and seven hour chunks of time to clean yeah. four bathrooms and yeah. mop the kitchen and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. you know, setting the things of, um, have you tried the, uh, assigning a cleaning task to a day of the week thing, or how are you getting your overall stuff done or do you not have a plan? Yeah, no,
1: it's 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 hard. I mean, honestly like a central theme of our lives right now is that there is just so much competing for every single minute of, of time when yeah. my husband's not at work. And there are is also so many things competing for every minute of time that it's just me and the kids. Yeah. And, and those are well, different and- it's a thing. you know yeah, it's hard. Yeah. I feel like something's always falling short. Absolutely.
0: You know? Well, and another thing to remember too is that if you have four bathrooms, okay, and let's say that you really are cleaning all four bathrooms on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you know, I mean I've I've shared many times that I for seven years I did this myself of this whole process for me, but I do now have someone come in and clean. And so I think it's important to realize that she does the bathroom deep clean every other week. And I don't do a deep clean the other weeks, you know, like I, so, so it might be, okay, I'm going to do two bathrooms on Tuesday. Like I'm going to give myself permission. I'm not going to feel guilty if I only do two, or I'm not even going to feel guilty if I only get one done or whatever, or, you know, find the, the bare minimum, you know, let yourself go with a little more bare minimum on that kind of stuff, because it is a short time of your life. And you just got to do the best that you can do. Like if you say, all I'm going to do for cleaning the bathroom is I'm going to use a wipe and I'm going to wipe down the cabinet yeah. and I'm going to, you know, use that same wipe till I can't use it anymore and wipe for the toilet from top to bottom and if you have boys, wipe around it, you know, and all that. But, um, and then I'm going to clean the bathtub and try different products until you find one that works really well on your surface that makes it easier or, yeah. you know. So it's it's that. The, the main thing I have to tell you is, yes, it's hard right now at the age that your kids are. And so finding a routine that even if it's imperfect, it at least helps. I mean, and then, you know, bringing, bringing her in or bringing, you know, a lot of times when my kids were little, I would do a lot of bathroom cleaning while they were in the bathtub. You know, if I had to be there yeah. with them anyway, then I could get the counters and the yeah. toilet done. That's, um,
1: a, that's a good point. I mean, I, I find, you know, sometimes the bathtub ends up a flood, you yeah, know, it was <laughs> a little, but, but yeah, I mean the, that the shower actually is I think how I would implement that. Cause they like, they can do water play there and not flood the bathroom. So <laughs> uh,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're in there anyway for their bath time, then yeah, yeah. you might as well get what you can do done and not assuming anything, but if you, if the project mentality has been a struggle for you overall, to remember that it's better to do something in your bathroom than it is, and I don't know why we're focusing on bathrooms, because you did not say bathrooms in here, but I am the one fixating on bathrooms, okay? Yeah. But, you know, any of that kind of stuff, or, you know, doing a spot mop in the kitchen is better than not doing any. That
1: is what I have been doing, honestly. Yeah. That, to me, the number one, like, cleaning strategy that I feel makes the biggest difference in the short amount of time is the Swiffer wet mop. I don't have 10 minutes to fill up the bucket and heat up the water and weigh the sp- the, the whole thing. You know, and the amount of time yes. it takes the bucket halfway fill, the opportunity to clean is over. You know, so it's kind of like, I mean, you know, it's a Lysol wipe on a stick, but it's good and it works and it's certainly better than not doing it. Well, know? and that's, yes, exactly. You can get a long way because
0: then when you do have to clean because of whatever situation, people coming over or whatever, then you're not so far behind because you've at least been doing the spot cleaning you know so i mean i I think it's giving yourself permission to do what you can do and and figure out ways that um you know i mean the kids can have little ones can have a plain wet paper towel and they can be looking for spots as well and then you you know i mean it's like doing things that's a a good suggestion because they
1: always want to spray or they want a swiffer and if they spray you know, it's a lot of spray. And yeah. if they swiffer, I mean they're two young boys. It's a jousting competition with the sticks. <laughs> you know, I can't I mean really yeah. like look out knickknacks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be you're you're the wiper and you're
0: the swiffer, you, you know, so that wipe. we don't have to. No, no, no. <laughs> if
1: they spray, they don't want to wipe, they just want to spray.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean it's it's a it's just bring them in on whatever part of things that they can do. And, and then have them do the same thing consistently, you know, either because they're getting good at it or because you're going to say, well, you're not going to get to do something else till you've mastered that, you know, but whatever it is until they get to the point where you feel like you could actually say to them, go do that. And remember too, I mean, are you guys doing five minute pickups?
1: As a fan. Honestly, I have not. Okay, I, no, I'm gonna say no to that. That's fine. No, I. don't want to make an excuse, but I, I'm just gonna say I wish I was doing a five minute. No, 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 no.
0: I totally. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not like. Are you doing that yet? No, I know you're not. But I <laughs> am. You know. But I will say. Your monologue is. <laughs> If, if your number one concern is I need my kids to be helping out, you know, you haven't said this, but for me, a big part of my motivation and I need my kids to be helping out was guilt over them not having been helping out, you know, like that was my problem. And so, but the five minute pickup is the, it's not fun in the beginning, but it is the literal most effective thing to do where it's like, we are as a family working on our house is this five minute pickup and a toddler, you know, five minutes is about their attention, attention span anyway, if that, you know, so really, I mean, focusing on that and saying, if I'm really wanting my kids to participate, because other thing too, is if the five minute pickup is becoming more consistent, then things like sweeping and mopping and all that kind of stuff you know, cleaning the bathrooms are going to be, it's going to be easier because there's not going to be all that picking up to do first. If that's an issue for y'all. Do you
1: feel that a five minute pickup is realistic to include a four-year-old and a two-year-old? Absolutely. Yes. Maybe tell me like, how, like, how do you see that going? Like, what does that look like?
0: Well, in the beginning, they're going to pretend like they have no idea what you're talking about and they're not going to know where anything goes. And that's fine. I mean, that's, that's part of it is just to go. I really do mean five minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's, uh, you know, for you, your job for those first five minute pickups, probably, you know, who knows? It could be the first three. It could be the first 15. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but your job is to direct them. Okay. So we're going to do five minutes. You pick that up, go put it in, you know, your toy box. You pick that up, go put it in such that they go do that. Come right back. Nope, nope, nope. Come on. Don't start playing. Come back. Okay. Pick that up. Look, there's something else that can go to that same spot. Pick that up, go put it in the, um, you know upstairs blah 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 whatever you know whatever it is that you have so that direction of just that's all we're doing we're not cleaning for grandma we are literally picking things up and putting them in their actual homes that's all we're doing for 5 minutes you set the timer so that they know we're really going to be done at the end of 5 minutes and yeah i mean that that's that's how that's going to go and then over time it's going to get easier i hate to make any promises because yeah. I don't actually control anything, right. but I can almost promise it, it's going to get easier over time. Like the dishes. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the thing about a five minute pickup is it's only five minutes the first time too. It's not catching up. It's literally, we're going to spend five minutes. We're going to pick up. And you know, I, I always recommend taking a picture. If your kids, if you've been doing it a couple times and you're starting to really see the difference, but they are starting, they are complaining, you know, like, another five minute pickup, take a picture that time and let them see, look how much better this looks. Swiping back and forth. You know, this was before we started, this is after only
1: five minutes. This is why we do this. You know, how large of an area would you recommend? Um,
0: start to- in your, your most visible living area, like the space where you are together as a family the most, yeah. because to be honest, that's going to help your sanity the most, right? Yeah.
1: That's pretty much where all of my cleaning efforts go. Right. Because I feel, and this is like a major milestone, big deal for me, is that Mm -hmm. I'm actually at the point where I can have people over on not a lot of notice. And it's really amazing the whole visibility thing. Mm -hmm. Because when I say to myself, oh, I got to clean up this place. Where do I start? My answer always is, what is somebody going to see if they walk in the door? And because that's always where my effort goes. I'm now – and and it's, like, life-changing because with kids this age, like, you want to have their friends over particularly in mm-hmm. 2020 when public spaces are not what they once were, you mm-hmm. know? And so, yeah, that is yeah. where, like, 95% of my cleaning.
0: Well, are, and the happened. beauty of that, if you've been putting your effort into that – they are going to have a that's going to be the area where they can identify more easily what does and doesn't go in there anyway. So it's going to yeah. go a little faster in there as yeah. opposed to starting it in a space like if they have a playroom that is knee deep in toys or something like that. You know, that's a much bigger deal, but we're just clearing out this thing and then as time goes on, as they get better and they really figured out, okay, I want you to go to this next most visible space or mm. you know, 7 year old You are going to go to this bathroom and you're going to do the five minute pickup in there and make sure everything's put away. And all those things are going to help with the actual cleaning when it comes down to it. You'll be able to get down to it so much more quickly if things are picked up and put away or to be able to say, okay, five minute pickup because I've got to start cleaning. Right. You know, and that's just part of the process.
1: Other question I had about that was, do you think at this age, two, three, four, that it would make a significant impact for the concept of what is five minutes to have like some kind of visual countdown? Because if I say five minutes, they have, they don't really know what that is, you know? Well, I, you know, of course
0: using a timer, like an actual timer, the first couple times they're not going to, uh, but, but just, just the timer going off. We have my oven timer is so unbelievably loud. Like, it's scary loud, how loud it is. So that's the one we use because you can hear it through the entire house, but you know, you've, you've got a timer on your phone most likely. So anything like that? No, they're not going to know at the beginning, but if you let them push the start button, you know, then they're going to be conscious of the fact that there's a timer going.
1: Do you find that it helps to introduce the concept of a race? Like, let's see how fast we can do yes. it we have five minutes.
0: Yeah. I mean, my kids are, I mean, I've got an adult child now, you know, and then I have two other teenagers and they still like for the timer to go. Like, yes. I don't know that we call it a race anymore, mm-hmm. but, but like when given the choice, even though I tell them you have to keep going until it's all picked up, they still want the timer going. Cause there is just something motivating about that yeah. timer. It, yeah. it really does make a huge difference. So. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about another sponsor, BetterHelp. I don't know about y'all, but I've been checking in on my friend's mental health this year more than I ever have before. So I'm checking in with you. How are you doing? Are you struggling? If you are, check out BetterHelp. It allows you to connect with a licensed professional counselor from home in a safe and private online environment. This means you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp has U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though it's not a crisis line. Your struggles may be different from the ones that your neighbors are facing. Through BetterHelp, you have access to a broad expertise in the network so you can address your unique needs. You're not limited to what's available in your local area. And the service is available for clients worldwide. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available for those who qualify. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash clean. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash clean okay let's move to your next one so we don't run out of time
1: okay um my next question yes go ahead. had to do with laundry i have embraced and i've tried the laundry day project um concept okay. i've never really been successful with it and part of it i feel maybe because of the absolutely massive amount of clothes that we go through mm-hmm. and um the other part is that and this relates to some of what we talked about in the earlier question is I don't feel completely confident in like going upstairs to put the laundry away right away because I feel like I kind of have to be in the same space they are and it's a larger home and it's two stories and it's kind of a big deal for everybody to transition from one area of the house to another to put laundry away. There's no, like, just, I'm going to go take it there right now real quick and run back down. Either I do it and I, you know, it'll either A leave them unsupervised for a period of time, or B invite them to follow me to see what all the fun's about, or C, be a whole big transition where everybody's going upstairs to put the laundry away. And like none of that seems to work. Are so, all bedrooms yeah. are all bedrooms upstairs? Yes. And another option is my husband is doing it on the weekend where there's all this stuff competing for our family time, which feels like very precious time that we wish there was more of. Mm. You know, of and course, it, it of course supports a whole giant long day.
0: Okay, how many times have you legitimately tried?
1: I'm not too sure. It's I I I I'm, I can remember in terms of actually consciously saying I'm putting my project hat on and this is laundry day. Probably somewhere in the three to five range. Okay. Like yeah.
0: how How many times have you done the full sort, like? Every bit of dirty clothes in the entire house, it's all sorted out.
1: Yeah, and, somewhere like in that three to five Three range. to five, okay. And we don't do a whole lot of sorting because the type of washing machine and the type of detergent we have, mm-hmm. everything can just kind of get thrown in on cold. And I really just sort out towels and linens and stuff like that's delicate and everything okay. else is kind of, I really just sort by person with the intention of making it easier to put away.
0: Okay. Yeah. Here, here's the thing on laundry day. I did it for years without the, um, you know, fold it right out of the dryer and put it away before you even start the next load. And it still worked amazingly well. Like that right there, the folding it right out of the dryer was a game changer. I mean, like it was like the, Oh, that's how you really don't have laundry laying around all the time. But even if you don't do that, still treating laundry like a project, acknowledging that the first time that you do it is not what it's going to be like. Okay. So you have to remember that first laundry day, if you are behind on laundry and you've been behind on laundry perpetually for a really long time, mm-hmm. that is no indication of laundry day at all. Okay. Oh, that, yeah,
1: I know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. It's kind of like the dishes, you know, you, you can't know until it's the third week that you'll know Yeah. how much laundry, but even saying, okay, I can't do that. I can't do the, you know, going and, and, taking things, you know, with every single load because of just the reality of your toddlers and downstairs and all that. Yeah. Even if you say my goal for today is, you know, or for this week for this first laundry day is to, you know, get every single bit of dirty clothes put into piles that I feel like are pretty much the right size for the, lo- the load of laundry since I don't have to sort them, but I've got these into piles so I can visually see mm-hmm. I have Twelve loads of laundry here, and that's what it's going to take to get through,
1: and but make that. Love. it's like two and a half hours because of the cycle time for just the washing machine. Yes, well, hour and forty-five minutes at least. Really, so the front loaders and everything. Yes. Okay. Well, so even but- it's like you know, yeah, know how but- realistic it is. But know? even
0: well, and that's the thing is you can't know until you try it. Yeah. So even though it's the hour and forty-five minutes, you at this point. You know, and until you have done it, you don't actually know what a week's worth of laundry is. And so, getting through there and say, I, my goal here is to get all the dirty clothes into one spot, to run them until they are all clean, whether I end up folding them and putting them away or not, or whether our couch or a dining room table or whatever is piled, Mm -hmm. you know, ideally, as much as you're able to fold them coming out of the dryer and then put them in actual folded stacks on the dining room table or the pool table or what, you know, whatever it is that you have as a space to do that until, okay, Hubby comes home and instead of a five minute pickup tonight, we're going to do putting laundry away. You know, here's yours, seven year old, here's yours, four year old. I'm going to take my own and the two-and- a half-year-olds, and my husband's to take his, and it's not going to be fun, but we're going to get that what, whatever I've done today is going to get put away as best as it can. Or if it's not, you still just keep working through getting all that laundry done, because it's that after that is done, as your laundry hampers have been filling up, then you're going to see what one works, one week's worth of laundry is. And then you're going to know, because for me, you know, I have a family of five, and At this point, everyone, like I have a two that wear, you know, like extra large 2X and -hmm. large men's clothes. You know, I mean, that's like, that's a lot of big clothes, you know? And so even, you know, plus two adult women sized people and five people, it's a lot fewer clothes than I thought it was before I started doing laundry day, even back when they were little and their clothes weren't that big. So it's getting that, let me let me do this once, let me get caught up on laundry, it's going to be a non-fun week, but I'm going to get it done, even if, you know, the entire dining room table is, you know, piled 10 feet high with clean clothes, at least I'm going to know that they're clean, okay? And then, because once those initial loads were sorted or put into piles, and everything newly dirtied is what's in the hampers, then... At the end of that week, I actually know this is, these are the clothes that we wear in a week, then run that thing, run it through again, just to let yourself know how many loads does it take? So if your loads take two and a half hours, that's a really long time. And maybe it's going to take you two days to do your, your, but at the same time, you know, I don't know if you've read, but I had a um, guest post from a friend of mine who has, I think she has seven kids or something. And she she's like, I still do laundry day, even though it's two days, it's still that project mentality that helps me do it because it has a beginning and an end. And that's the part of it. That's more helpful than just the fact of getting it done in one day. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that's is sort of starting to touch on like the sort of central theme that I find myself struggling with in all these different things that has to do with like all this stuff that's competing for my priorities, because I feel like I'm supposed to be teaching them and yeah. not spending all day doing laundry, right. you know, and, and it doesn't, and I don't know how to reconcile the fact that, well, what if it does take two days? So does that mean that all we, well, do, we do is laundry? Does that mean? No, that- I mean the,
0: the beauty, the- yeah. The beauty of laundry is that if it's two hours and two and a half hours, mm-hmm. then you're work, you know, I'm guessing you probably take breaks anyway. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, so, so once you put a load in, you've got two and a half hours before there's anything else you can do anyway you know, so, so reminding yourself that laundry is not a work all day thing. The point of it is to have it designated to a day so that at least for me and for a lot of people like me, we go laundry is my focus today for my house. Yeah. This is the thing that I'm going to focus on and remember and try to get through so that because it's two and a half hours, if I'm just doing it on a random day, I don't know when that two and a half hours is over and I've randomly gone about things and I'm doing other important stuff. And then I realize that load has been in the washer for three days and it stinks now and I have to rerun it again. And then, you know, so it's that, it's that day focus thing. So I think for you, where you are right now because you're overwhelmed by laundry and because you do have so many other things going on, Mm -hmm. giving yourself permission to say, I'm going to give laundry day a try without doing it perfectly. Yeah, I am going to just try to see how long, try to get through that first week so that my entire goal here, whether I put things away or not, is to have a realistic idea of how many actual loads do we have with one week's worth of clothing because that yeah. experience is going to change how you not only will it change how you see laundry day, it's also going to change how you see. Oh, maybe we have a whole lot more clothes because the problem for me was I was always behind on laundry, so I thought we needed more clothes, which right. meant we could go longer without doing laundry, which meant that
1: um, that is what that I was, is what happening, yeah. really. And, 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 I, and I've been asking myself, like, do I need to sort of Store some of my clothes differently so that it becomes apparent to me when I've hit the limit of a week's worth of clothing for like a normal week. You know, like I I, I have well, enough, and I don't want to get rid of stuff that I like. It is and meets my needs, but like I also like I, you know it's this endless supply of stuff that will eventually be, eventually become laundry in a nice big large closet that can hold all of it and then it's not clutter. Well, but it is clutter
0: if it is more than you can handle. Right. Like, oh, that's, that's That's, that's yeah. the thing. If you are overwhelmed by laundry, then you have too many clothes, right? Which you're only going to really be able to, ex, ex, you know, so, so view it as an experiment to help you gain a realistic perspective on that. And maybe you can, maybe you can say, okay, I mean, I, I'm going to work through every bit of dirty laundry that we have in our house. And I am going to put the clean laundry into storage bags I or boxes, actually been considering doing that. Yeah. Now yeah. Is, is that my number one recommendation? No, but at the same time you do what you have to do. I mean, like if that's, if that's what's going to help you be able to go through, yes. Say put those things in storage just so that you have them out of the way. Cause the reality is most likely it's not all going to fit in drawers anyway, once it's all clean, that was, that's my experience. But if your house is huge, maybe, you maybe it could, but Getting through and saying, if that's what, if knowing that you're going to do that is the thing that helps you be able to say, okay, then I'm going to tackle getting every bit of clothing done because what I see for you would be the huge game changer. Just like we talked in the beginning about how the experience of something helped Mm -hmm. you go, oh, now I get it. Okay. This, what I see for you is that that second week is going to be everything because you have got to get to a point where you get to experience what one week's worth of laundry is so that you can know for sure because you can't predict it. You can't. And I know that from experience. Like I could have, I I used to like logically think, okay, well, if we need this, you know, I've tried to do math to figure it out. And the reality was I just needed to implement laundry day and, you know, get a realistic idea from actually these are the clothes that we wore over the course of a week.
1: Yeah. I I, I think that regardless of whether I go to the extent of fully putting them into like a storage situation Mm -hmm. versus like I have some areas of my closet that are like Ball gowns, and Halloween costumes, and I never look over there, you know, and there may need to be a lot more stuff like that. I like it, it's a valid thing to have, but it does I don't need to be like, oh yeah, I I could wear that today for taking my kids to their activity school, because I don't have any clean clothes, (laughs) you know, like, and visual reminder of the fact that I have actually hit the limit of the container. The container is not, in fact, this entire big closet. The container is the amount of stuff that represents a week's worth of laundry you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and so that, that I see if I feel like that, that may be something that would help me.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and you may, st- most likely you're going to give it a try and you're going to personally find, oh, well, if I will make this tweak, this works better for me. Or if I, mm-hmm. you know, especially since you said that you, um, like to divide things up according to person, you know, yeah. so sometimes it's a, uh, knowing that I do, um, adult laundry on this day and kids laundry on that day or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but at the same time, I think that first telling yourself, okay, it's not going to be fun, but I am going to work with my kids, teach my kids during those two and a half hours that the washing machine is running. I, you know, for this week, our, my goal is to wash all the clothes and then next week I'm going to be able to know, from Monday to Monday, these are the amount of clothes that we wore.
1: These yeah. are the
0: actual, the real numbers, like how how many did we wear? So, um, Okay, let's move to your next question.
1: Okay. So my other question had to do with establishing where to keep things okay. for the first time that you haven't kept them there before. And I find this is something that I struggle with in sort of two types of ways. The first one is as I start to get better with my home and I realize, well, part of why this is so hard is that keeping the brooms way over there or whatever it is, is, is not really that a great, it's not that convenient. It doesn't really make sense. And gosh, wouldn't it be easier if it was right over here, but I'm able to capitalize on that intuition of that. I know where things go. And that's a resource that we use is that we have an intuition about where something goes. So to step away from that intuition and keep somewhere else potentially can feel like a setback. So there's that. And then the other thing is that particularly because like we've transitioned into this other thing in our lives, which is homeschooling, that there's areas of our home that were used to be used one way that are now being used another way. For example, particularly the dining room, it's a great big table. What a great place to do school, right? What's all the storage in there? It's places that are, what goes in there? Fancy linens that get used once a year. Beautiful table, like, you know, candlesticks and stuff, you know? And- the take it there right now for things like books and pencils and stuff is in other areas of the house so i need to start to to reconcile that and also like and you mentioned in one of your podcasts recently i think that i listened to that with kids as they um, you know, go through different phases of life. There's new stuff and different stuff. You know, and you know, I may be teaching handwriting now, but maybe I'll be teaching science later, and that's a whole different task with a whole different kind of stuff that fits in a whole different shape, and it fits in a different thing. And if the thing doesn't exist, so where do I put it? And so, how do you start to think about establishing where some where things go? Either it's because you want to change where they go, or like in what I just described, because it's just a whole new way of using your space that you haven't used it before.
0: Okay. So defining the room. Mm -hmm. And it's tough because it's like, is this a dining room
1: or is this a homeschool room? Right. That's right. And what I want it to be is a dining room that when nobody's around and we're not dining in it, it can be where we sit and spread out our stuff. And then, you know, the stuff is very easy to remove and go back to the main purpose, which is dining room, you know? Okay. Okay. So
0: you're wanting it to be a workspace, not a storage space,
1: right? But I also need to have the stuff I need to use. I need to okay. have supplies and books and and, and okay. you know math manipulatives and stuff like that. Okay. You know?
0: So you have you have some sort of storage stuff there, but it's storing linens and and dishes. And well, I,
1: right. I have the fancy dining room furniture, which mm-hmm. has that, and then I also have this like one of these things that like oh, it's this beautiful thing, and I got it for a great price, and I love it. It's this like vintage carved elephant, like trunk from India or something that I got mm-hmm. at like a consignment store. And I have just never been able to make myself declutter it. So I stuck it in the dining room and lo and behold, it is now full of homeschooling books. And that works great, right? Okay. Well, guess what? The operative word is full. Okay. And I have two more kids that haven't really started formal schooling yet. So we know that we're going to outgrow that trunk pretty soon. And the question is going to be, where are the curriculum books gonna go, you know? Here here's the thing.
0: It really, it's very, very hard to manage a room that has multiple completely different purposes. Yeah. You know, so yeah. deciding is this a homeschool room that occasionally turns into a dining room mm-hmm. or is this a dining room where we do homeschool but we don't actually store anything in here. It's going mm-hmm. to be the plate. You know, so like, is there a closet somewhere nearby mm-hmm. that could be cleared out, like decluttered, where Mm -hmm. almost everything goes. And so this is where we store all of our homeschool stuff. And then Mm -hmm. we've got tubs that
1: people take in to use this workspace in the dining room. I think that's kind of like what my, along the lines of my thinking about that space. Neither my, my husband and I both, we really value having nice family holidays and Mm -hmm. and nice dinners in that space. And we've, we really don't want to turn it into a schoolroom yeah you know but I just that space is working well for me right now for that purpose when no one's around you right know?
0: and and there could the other option could be that these places where you have the linens and all those things stored that because those linens only get used you know three times a year or something like that, mm-hmm. and I'm just guessing I'm just naming off numbers yeah. here but but if those things only get used on a rare basis, but every single day you're using homeschool and stuff in there, then whatever those things are being stored in could be cleared out and then the linens go into that closet nearby. Yeah,
1: I, I have seriously considered that, but what I have my husband very wisely pointed out is that fancy dining room furniture is is built to be used three times a year. It's not built to be used every day by active kids and we're in danger of basically destroying our fancy dining room furniture if so, try to use it in this way. So, so you know, don't want to use that room as a homeschool room is what you're I saying. I want to use the room as the homeschool room, but I've brought in other chairs for sitting in and I'm like, you know, covering the table and trying not to put the nice furniture um, at risk for being used the way preschool furniture would be used, you know? So
0: can you, I mean, I don't know how big your house is, but you said four and a half bathrooms and lots of storage space.
1: So is there a way... I don't have almost any storage space. Every floor plan is dedicated to living space. It's a massive amount of living space. This is why it's so hard to clean. There's almost Mm. no closet space.
0: Okay. So is there anywhere that you could completely store, move out those nice chairs just for this time? You know, because that's... Even though those are technically not like places where you put things, that's moving around space. And you know, I'm assuming you're gonna be doing a lot of active things and
1: you know the good thing is like so you know, sometimes when you walk into a house and like like for example in our house, if you walk into our house, to the right is the dining room, right? To the left is a space that they generally think you're gonna use as the fancy nice furniture that no one ever actually sits in, Mm -hmm. right? Well, we have no fancy, nice furniture that no one ever actually sits in, but we do actually have a playroom there. So that works really well, and that's part of why I've chosen that dining room space, because the younger boys are able to play on the ridiculous amount of play equipment that's in that space where the fancy furniture Mm -hmm. normally goes, and literally adjacent to it is a giant table, you know? That so sounds great, and all that it is, you know. But you know, if I had known, maybe I wouldn't have put fans a dining room table there. But we love having it, so you know, I'm just trying well, and, to and I how to like reconcile all that, you know. I'm not
0: trying to, um, I don't want to make you sad as a mother, mm-hmm. but <laughs> the reality is too that you know, like you said, your younger kids are playing while you're working with your older child, um, on schoolwork. and, they're going to be growing and change, so it's going to be a constant decluttering of that room anyway. No. And so, stressing out over the elephant storage thing that you have now that's perfect for the books, yeah, don't stress about that right now because the reality is, by the time they need their own, you know, there's not as many books for you know kindergarten, yeah, but by the time awesome. they need their own like curriculum and books. Right. That playroom is going to be shifting. There's going to be stuff in there, that's in there right now that's my going to. My heart, be my heart. I know. I hate to be that way, but I. What I'm saying is, enjoy the nail. Yeah.
1: You know, en-
0: enjoy the way it is right now, and say, yeah. okay, I'm going yeah. to limit my daughter's you know, stuff to what can fit in this one. This is our homeschool thing in here. Yeah. This allows, you know, if you can get the chairs out of there for now, you know, and then just bring them in when you need to.
1: I Wait. actually have pushed them all against the wall on the other yeah. side of the table. So like, that's yeah. not so much a concern. I put two beater chairs in there that we sit in when we do homeschool. And that has really done a lot to address the whole don't mess up the furniture situation. That's good. Yeah.
0: yeah. And as far as where things go, don't overthink it. Yeah, You know, like remember that, you know, what, what you'd written on in, um, your form was, you know, what if your question, your answer to question number one is a place that's actually not a logical place to put it. The word logical is where you need to go. That's a word that I'm not supposed to be using, according to Dana. You know, like the, yeah. the thing is instinct based. So it literally is where's the first place where I would look for it. And right. sometimes you want to change that because you're like, we're now putting these things in here. But yes. the reality is you still need to be going with, I'm not going for logical. I'm going for the first place where we would actually yeah. look for it. You know, yeah. And sometimes that means you as the mom move it and change it. Or sometimes yeah. it means you say, okay, well, if we're used to having always had scissors in the upstairs office, yeah. We're going to keep scissors up there and we're going to put scissors down here too. You know what I mean? Like, so
1: that's, yeah, that's a good point. Like you don't you know, have to only have one place.
0: Right. And if your house that's is that really, big,
1: yeah. you,
0: you might need two brooms. You know, it's like, this is our yeah. logical broom place. So if somebody is desperate for a broom, they're going to go straight there. There's a broom there, but you know what? I'm going to buy another broom and keep it in this one little spot because this is yeah. a spot that I need to consistently just real quickly sweep up. And yeah. there's a broom that can go here too. You know, so whatever actually works for the way that your family actually lives, you know, which, which I just, anytime you find yourself fighting against the natural thing, you know, find fighting against, you know, trying to be more logical than you are trying to go with the way that your family actually functions, you need to default to the way your family actually functions.
1: Yeah. So,
0: well, I hope it's been helpful. I don't know. It's been a while since my kids were that young.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, related to your commentary in your material about teaching kids to clean about how you liked having your kids at home, you know? And, you know, I do too, obviously, which is why I've made the choices that I have. And I don't come from a family or a community where anybody homeschooled, I never knew anybody that homeschooled, you know, and it wasn't something that it, it was it was a radical departure from anything I ever expected I'd be doing, you know? And it was really just because I, I met some people that were doing it. My husband actually did it briefly when he was like sixth, seventh grade, when he was mm-hmm. growing up, transitioning from one school environment to another. But in terms of thinking about myself, like I was really thinking about my experience having young children. And like, once I realized it was possible to have my kids home, like- I sort of started embracing, like, that it was okay that I liked having my kids home, you know? And I, it sort of, like, made me understand myself more, you know? But it is also, like, a unique situation that you never have these, these days where you're doing stuff to grown up like, you know? Right,
0: right. And it's it's a trade-off, but it's it, it is – I, again, I don't want to be the downer, but it is temporary, you know? Like, so it's, it's that don't waste this time. If this is where your passion is, then enjoy it. Do the best that you can to make your house livable. Um, That the the more clothes you get out of your house, the more clothes you get rid of, the Mm -hmm. easier it's going to be to maintain that. The less stress it's going to be like, because like you said, the taking it there right now, you didn't realize the stress that you had over things randomly sitting around waiting for you to do later.
1: You yeah. probably
0: don't realize the stress that you have of undone laundry.
1: Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, That's a great point. It so, really is true. Yeah.
0: So to yeah. getting, you know, focusing on that and saying, I'm not doing this because I want to be the perfect housekeeper. I'm doing this because it is going to make life easier, you know? So instead of focusing on, on, how hard it's going to be to initially get it done, think, okay, my goal here is so that I don't have to worry about laundry. I want laundry to be something. And that's the beauty of laundry day is whether it's, you know, if it's a one day thing, you get it all done in one day, there are six yeah. days of the week where you have zero guilt in your brain about laundry. Yeah. If it's two or three days, well, then you've got, you know, four or five days of yeah. zero guilt about laundry. And that is huge. That's yeah. huge for you to be able to be in the moment like you want to be with your kids. So,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. before we go, I want to know, what's your favorite thing about being a kindred spirit?
1: I would say that my favorite thing about being a kindred spirit, which the, the primary benefit of is the, the online community on Facebook, mm-hmm. is that you always know that you have a place to go if you want to share a question or an experience or something. You don't have to wonder, is it okay to talk to these people about it or post here about it? Or do I have a place in my life to talk about this and not feel weird about it? Like that uncertainty is gone because it's just always there and it's a great resource. And it's nice to have like these issues reflected back at me of people that have worked on them and thought about them in the same way. Yeah.
0: Yay. I love hearing that. Okay, guys. Did you love that conversation? I thought that was really fun.
1: I, I just love
0: getting to talk to different people. I love that, you know, getting the feedback from you guys saying that you are learning from that and it's helping you to be, you know, just we're able to kind of go, Oh, okay. Yes. How that, how can I apply that now to my situation as we apply it to different people's situations? So just a reminder, all my digital products are on sale 50% off. And, um, I will be doing a paid webinar coming up soon. Not sure exactly when, um, just talking through my personal journey to writing, books. And, um, uh, because I hear from people all the time who would love, who ask me, you know, to tell them my story about that. Um, I just want to make sure you know about it. Uh, if you would like to be notified when that goes live, go to a write slash write. Okay. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.